The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. the show you're listening to rail of sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters and i'm sure this is not going to surprise anybody at all when i tell you what matters to me today trayvon bottom line trayvon see it is it, this is going to be a show this is this is this going to come straight from the heart so I got a couple little notes right here, but I might make a mistake here or two, but I really don't care. This is going to come straight from, this is not rehearsed. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I might do. I hope I finish the show. But Trayvon today is going to be an honorary member of that great fraternity that I got a chance to play in the National Football League. I'm going to make him an honorary member today. And what I always do is whenever we have one of those special moments when one of those people are no longer with us, we always pay homage to them and we take a moment of silence. Uh, I'm going to take a moment of silence because uh, I want to bury what happened in that courtroom on Florida. That, that, that's going to get buried. And so because he was a part of that, which God only knows, I wish that he wasn't. But because he was, I'm going to pay respect and homage to the fact that that part of it is closed for right now. So I'm I'm just going to take a moment of silence and, and, and bear with me on this one. Okay, I'm back. I'm back and, and we back. Trayvon with me on this one, because, see, it's one of these things. And I didn't listen to anybody else's show, but I know I know we go. Everybody here at Voice America that are associated with Ray Ellis on the sports channel. See, this is not the opinion of Voice America. This is not the opinion of World Talk Radio. The things that you've heard have been the opinions of each individual. I don't even have to say it, but I'm going to shout out to Kwame. I know that. I don't have to shout out, but I don't have to say it, but I'm going to shout out to Keith. I know how you, they came hard. I'm going to say this to you. That old cliche that everybody, you know, used to be such a joke. It's a black thing. You wouldn't understand it. That's real. That's, that's not a joke. That's not a cliche. That old thing about, you know, walk a mile in my shoes. That ain't no cliche. That's real. 
that old thing about when when the police roll up on you. Because just because you black. That ain't no cliche. That's real. See, I, I, I 54 years on this earth. I've lived that every day of my life. There are certain people out there. We don't even have to go there. See, I, I'm, I'm a black man that don't have to say some of my best friends in the world are white. We don't even have to go there. We don't have to say that. That's unnecessary. We ain't talking about our best friends. We're talking about those out there that don't like us just because the fact that our skin is different than theirs. That exists. That ain't no joke. That's for real. The color of our skin. Yes, that that is a problem with some people. So much so that they'll cover it up any way they can, whether it's an electronic sheet, whether it's a white sheet, whether it's whatever it is, whether it's, you know, whether it's a courtroom. There's some people out there that don't like people that don't look like them. And for that reason only. You're talking about black on black crime. Crime is crime. But when you're taking somebody out simply because they don't look like you, you know, people of every ethnicity, you know, every ethnic group, regardless of what you are, they're always is, you know, we, they, they do things to each other. But we're talking about when people take it upon themselves to take the law in their hands and decide that you're going to die right now. Just because you don't look like them. They don't look at you. A different way just because you don't look like them. See, I, I mean, you, you have been, had to have been some point, I don't care who you are, been in a situation where there's tension. And you know tension when you feel it. Tension doesn't have, it doesn't, it's, it don't dress up a certain way. It don't appear a certain way. You can't see tension. You feel it. And so when, when, when somebody walks up on you, you feel it. I believe it was even a part of the conversation. He told the young lady he was on the phone with. You know, hey, something ain't right. This, this, this dude, I, you know, hey, something going on. You feel it. You know when somebody's about to approach you in a friendly way? You feel it. You feel the approach. You know when somebody's entered into your space. This is this is this is this is as hard as I've ever had to face in terms of trying to get this show out. This is this is the hardest job I've had a day in my life to, to, to try to do a, a show to try to explain to somebody who just do not want to understand that you can't have a law that puts you in charge of the law. You get to determine if your life is in danger or not. Now, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think you should bring a knife to a gunfight. I think somebody has an advantage. And so to think that your life is in danger, to beat somebody to death with your fist. That takes a whole hell of a lot. And I, you know, at 17 years old, I don't know if I could have done that. Not only that, but I mean, if you're an able-bodied human being, it happened a whole lot. When I was growing up, 17 and, and younger, a lot of times the confrontation happened. It didn't finish. Why? Because somebody ran. 
They didn't run to it. They ran away. So I, I, I just don't understand. And I, somebody needs to, again, explain the law to me better than what they were able to do in the courtroom. How you defend yourself when you are the aggressor. I mean, after all, you told these folks that you see him, you're going after him. You went towards him. They told you, no, go the other way. Stay away. We got it. We're okay. So I, I believe at that point in time, Trayvon was defending himself. He, he, Trayvon didn't pursue him. He, come on. Really? I mean, are you really going to try to make us think we heard something that we didn't hear? This is just ridiculous. And, and how can you possibly say, okay, so if I see somebody walking towards me, if I just see somebody walking towards me, and they look suspicious. Can I, if I think my life is in danger, can I just shoot them? Can I just kill them? Or what is, or what is the law? Does, does, does that person have to actually punch you? Does he have to put his hands on you? Does he have to touch you? Does he have to say, I'm going to kill your ass? Well, I mean, what does he have to say in order for you not to defend this, your life is in danger? Because it's my understanding is, is not the degree of which one individual might feel. It's if that individual feels like, hey, you know, they have to defend themselves with deadly force because their life is in danger. If I punch you one time, if, if, if I break your nose and I dare that judge or whoever the hell she was to say, you know, it happens in athletics all the time in football and sports all the time. I'll dare you do that going to compare what we do on the football field to this young man who lost his life. How could you do that? How as a mother, and I, maybe you are a mother, how could you as a mother do that to the, to the millions of mothers whose sons play football and try to, be on, try to bring as much honor and respect to a sport, try to be role models, and then you're going to try to now model us after someone who just killed somebody. And you're going to try to say, well, you know, he's a, you know, he could come back from something like that. They do it on the football field all the time. Well, they, I, I don't go out and try. I never went out and tried to kill the person, you know, after he hit me real hard on the football field. Maybe he hurt my knee. Maybe he hurt my leg, my elbow, my shoulder, something. Maybe he might even broke my nose pretty big. I didn't then try to, I didn't have the right to kill him. So why are you making a comparison of a football player in a football game or basketball or hockey or whatever to a murder? And somebody who had a gun, I'm sorry, but we don't have guns and weapons on football field. Yeah, maybe our bodies might be, you know, people might assume that those are weapons. But really? I think, I, I you know, I, I, I guess I got to take a I got a few seconds here. I ain't got to take a break yet, I don't think. You'll let me know when the music is right. <laughs> let me know when I got to take a break. But this, this thing is just it's killing me. Anybody, everybody, anybody want 888-346-9144. I need to, I need to breathe. I, I just need to exhale. I just did not think that I would be sitting here on Tuesday. After a decision was made that a person was acquitted, found innocent. Really? Life don't mean nothing. Now, I, okay, yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. 
Michael Vick. Really? Now, I don't even know if they could actually, if they actually had it on camera, if they actually saw Mike in action. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Went to jail. Filed bankruptcy. All that. Dogs. Are you actually telling us that a young man's life? I mean, I, I can't believe that there's nothing a person could have been charged with. And I know you just got, your, you know, your first degree, your second degree, your third, your manslaughter and that kind of stuff. But listen, if you could find a way to justify a person take, taking a person's life, can't you find a way to justify giving somebody some time for killing somebody? I mean, after all, when you stand in the courtroom and there's people out there who don't believe, but I believe that Bible that he put his hand on when he came into the, whenever they were, you know, got it to the point when anybody came into that courtroom. That Bible that their hand was put on says, thou shall not kill. Don't say, you know, well, if he break your nose, he punch you, you know, you can go ahead and kill him. 17 years old. How could you ever smile again in your life? How could you ever, how could you ever in your life again smile knowing you killed a 17-year-old boy? And for all those who are saying he wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't a boy, he was 17 years old. I'm 54. I was a boy at 17. You're still a damn boy at 17. It was a boy. He killed a little boy, 17 years old. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Trayvon Martin. That matters to me. Be right back. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. He's still out. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we... Cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Again, I want to relieve Voice America from any responsibility of anything that I might say or do. Uh, World Talk Radio. Um, this is show is Ray Ellis Sports, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak my opinion. And uh, it is my opinion I am speaking on today about Trevon Martin. God bless him. Rest his soul. It's a black thing. You wouldn't understand. Um, I'm going to tell you something I never understood. When I was a kid, and I'm talking about 17 years old, when I was a kid, I remember I used to work out so hard. I remember I used to run and run. I would go to the YMCA in Canton, Ohio. Shout out to those people out there uh, who were looking out for me. Um, and I remember just being so exhausted. I remember being so tired. I remember leaving everything that I had when it came to strength of lifting. I, I, I remember I would leave it right there in the weight room. The last thing I would do when I would, when I would come out of the weight room, just imagine lifting for hours and do dips when you leave. The last thing I did when I would leave the, the weight room was dips. And I'm talking about deep dips all the way down. And, you know, I was scared each time that, you know, first of all, my arms would be shaking, but then I, you know, man, you could fall on that bar, you know, between those two bars. But I gave it everything I had. And then I would leave from the YMCA and, and I would run down Tusk. For those of you out there listening from Canton, Ohio, you might remember some of these days. I would run all the way to 6th Street Northeast. I'd run home. And when I would get home, I know that I would go into the house. I would not make it to the Frigidaire. I would not make it to the bathroom. I'd make it to the floor. And I would fall out from exhaustion. It would so it'd be so hot and so humid. I'm talking about obviously before I got a chance to go down to Columbus, Ohio. So I'm, you know, in Canton, Ohio, preparing to go to two a days at Kent McKinley High School, and I would fall there on the floor, and my mother, Barbara Lucille Ellis, would sit there, would, um, would watch me as she was watching television her attention turned from the television to her son 
And there were so many times, God rest her soul, that I would wake up after I fell asleep on that floor. And my mother was watching me. She was doing nothing other than watching me sleep. She was doing nothing other than praying for her son. She would always tell me that, you know, baby, mommy knows that when you're right there, you're okay. She didn't have to worry about if I was in harm's way. She didn't have to worry about if she heard an ambulance go by, fire truck go by, EMT go by. She didn't have to worry about if that was somebody going to attend to her son. I never understood it. I never understood it for a many a years why my mother would be so worried. But then things started changing and it, it became more and more apparent to me. Years before that, I remember the civil rights movement. I remember black men being killed because they were black. I remember there was an angry group of people that did not like black men because they were black and killed them for those reasons. No reasons other than the fact that they were black. They felt that there was a sense of superiority that they had in their bloodstream and it gave them the right to take a life because you were black. And all the mid, although the Midwest wasn't quite as bad as the South was, 68, 69, 70, 71, 72, 73, 74, 75, 76, 77. After thinking about all those men that lost their lives and young men and boys that lost their life simply because they were born into this earth as a black man, I started to understand what my mother was going through, what my mother felt. See, I look back upon the time when I was 10 years old. No, I wasn't even 10. I'm sorry. I was eight years old. As a matter of fact, I know I was eight because I was a ball boy. I wasn't old enough to be on the baseball team. So I was a ball boy and me and my brother and another one of our friends were walking to baseball practice. And I was doing something, being mischievous at a young age, doing stupid things, throwing rocks. And I threw a rock at a car. Man came up to me and put a gun to my head at eight years old. 
Now, I don't think he did it because I was I was black. He did it because I what I did was stupid. But a mother could have lost a son. She didn't, thank God. But that man, maybe he thought that I put his life in danger because I threw a rock at his car. And the rock could have made him lose control of his car and he could have lost his life. So maybe that man felt that, hey, he, he was in harm's way. I put him in harm's way. But that man thought about it, I'm sure. I sure as hell thought about it. Never forgot about it. Didn't throw a rock at a car again. But I got a chance. Somebody gave me a chance. I was eight years old. I don't know how old the man was. White man, black boy, 18. He was older than 18. I was eight. There are just times in life where sometimes you, you, you got to think about circumstances. You can't tell me that you, you know, you've been trained to carry a weapon. You got a weapon. You got a license to carry it. You're carrying it concealed. I can say this to you. I think the most don't have to be the most highly educated person. It could be probably the least educated person. I said, you don't you you don't take a knife to a gunfight. You don't start a fight when somebody's got a gun and you don't. I'm not sure that, you know, that when you have a weapon in states where you're allowed to carry a weapon, I, I, I would care to ask the question, can it be concealed? I mean, I think here in the state of Arizona, one thing that's pretty, you know, to me, it's kind of ludicrous, but hey, they walk around with their gun on their hip. They do it here. It's not concealed. They got the weapon on it, so I was like, okay, are you, are you that stupid? You see my gun right here, right? Okay. I don't think too many people are going to walk up on somebody with a gun. You got your gun on the, you know, in your holster and on, on, on your back, and, and somebody, how is somebody going to see your gun? A mother watches her son lay on the floor and is at peace because she knows he's there. She knows he's safe. I went to the store for my mother many times. Many times in Canton, Ohio, did I go to the store for my mother at night. I returned every night with what she sent me for safely. Again, was she concerned? Yes. Did anything happen to me? No. Did I look suspicious? I may have. I was black. I still am black. That makes you suspicious? In Florida? Is that what it is? If you a black man in Florida and you go, this is what this is the exercise I want to walk everybody through. It's a black thing you wouldn't understand, but you're just simply walking. I don't care. What is it that makes you look suspicious at 17 years old and black with a hoodie on? Now, I would think if you look suspicious, 
you're doing something suspicious. Am I looking in somebody's house? Am I looking in somebody's car? Am I walking up on somebody and they're not aware of it? Do I have a weapon in my hand? What makes me look suspicious? Because I'm black. Tell me what other reason do I look suspicious? If I'm not looking in anybody's house, if I'm not looking in anybody's car, if I don't have, you know, a purse in my hand that looks like it could belong to somebody other than me, what makes me look suspicious? It's a black thing you wouldn't understand. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix. Trayvon Matters here in Phoenix. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga race course. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. I'm in Phoenix, a living like it matters. Trayvon Martin matters. And listen, yeah, this is Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports. And I struggle with if I would do the show today. Because I didn't want to come across as an angry black man. But I'm angry. I just so happen to be black. It's some angry white folks out there too today. Because the system failed us this time around. Listen, I, I don't care what color you are. If you wrong, you wrong. If you break the law, you break the law. 
if a black man kill a black man for a, a reason of which he ain't justifiable, then his ass need to go to jail too. But I'll tell you what, if somebody kills somebody <laughs> because they don't look like them, their skin color is different. Yes, yeah, so that's I, I have major problems with that. Major problems with that. You know, one thing about athletes, I always tell, I've, I've said this on many occasions. You know, athletes are sometimes confused because they're not sure. People want them to be role models, what role they want them to play. I am not confused. I know my role today. I have a microphone that's been injustice done to a young 17-year-old boy who is dead, who can't speak for, his, for himself. But from his grave, he is speaking loud as hell. And you know what? Dapping me up. Keep going, Ray. Don't stop. It's the truth. You've been there. You've walked in my shoes. You know, you were 17. You were black. You 54. You black. Keep going. See, I, you know, I also look back and, you know, you talk about years ago. I, I, I can remember. I got a famous picture. I call it the picture. Muhammad Ali. Jim Brown. At that time, Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, and a few other black athletes. You know, they, they, were, they were there to support Muhammad Ali because Muhammad Ali was like, I'll be damned. Why in the world do I have to go to a war and die for a country where I don't, I don't even have the rights? I can't even go to a restaurant. I got to go in the back. I got to go in the back door to get into the restaurant. You know, I got I to gotta, I gotta eat at a certain section. I can't drink out of the same drinking fountain. I can't go to the same bathroom. That, that, those were civil rights that those black athletes were fighting for years ago. Muhammad Ali. And, so I'm an athlete today. And I'm taking up on this is a role that if I got to fight for it, I'm willing to take up this fight. Because it's time for people just to stop and realize, listen, we, listen, we all bleed the same. We live and we die. We're on this earth to compete to be the best we can at whatever it is we do. You want to admit it or not, blacks are marrying whites, whites are marrying blacks. You know, hey, there's a generation of kids that they cannot believe this. They didn't even know that it existed years ago. They don't know anything about the civil rights movement. They ain't teaching it in school. Believe me. This is not right. You can't create a law to justify somebody killing somebody. And let me just say this, Angela Corey, I don't even know. I guess she's some special assistant prosecutor. Let me say this. It was not your 15 minutes of fame. You were not justified. You, as a matter of fact, you were very disrespectful. And if I'm being disrespectful in my comments about the way you appeared on camera, like it was your time to be in the spotlight, smiling and grinning from ear to ear, that was disrespect. You can believe that the Zimmerman people were prepped as to when that, whatever it was, verdict came down. They had been prepped of how they should appear once that verdict was raised. Or, I'm sorry, was read. They had been prepped. It was a while before the mother showed any expression. The father didn't show not one expression. Zimmerman didn't show an expression. They were prepped. Somebody should have prepped you 
It wasn't your time to be skinning and grinning like this is your 15 minutes of fame on global TV. And you just a smiling away. How could you do that? That was that to me, that was one of the things where I wanted to jump through my and, and believe me, I love my TV. But I wanted to jump through there and, okay, I can't say it, you know, perhaps maybe I might, you know, I might get in trouble if I, I said I, I might be threatening that lady. I don't even know who that lady was. Angela B. Corey, special prosecutor. This case was never about race. What the hell do you think it was about? It's a black thing you wouldn't understand. You ain't a 17-year-old black boy. You don't know that. Who is they? They always get away. Who is they? He didn't know the boy. All he had on was his black skin and a hoodie. Who is they? It ain't about race. Answer that question. Angie B. Some, I mean, I could not believe the one. I, I, I mean, I was really, I, I was just taken over by emotion. As I watched her, she just smiled and grinned and was so happy. That was a somber moment. I don't know how you didn't shed any tears as a mother that this lady's 17-year-old son, the man who killed him, is just going to walk. You know, it, it, it appears to me that based upon that law, if two kids are fighting, if two kids are fighting, two 16-year-olds, two 17-year-olds, two 13-year-olds, if they're fighting, one has the right to kill the other. Based upon what your law says, because one of them could feel like he hit me in my nose so hard, I thought I was going to die, I had to kill him. That's the way that law says. It said it was self-defense. So in self-defense, you can use deadly force. So you're saying, if you think you're going to die, that he's going to kill you, he could beat you to death. I don't think you've ever experienced seeing or knowing of anybody since you've been on this earth, Zimmerman, that's been beat to death. It ain't like you can even speak from your history that you knew a friend of yours that was beat to death by a 17-year-old boy. But yet still, you just felt that you, there's no history of somebody being beat to death that you know of, that, you, that your people and your defense was able to say, as a matter of fact, you know, he was traumatized by one of his friends who just a month later, a year later, 10 years before, 20 years before, was beat to death. Like you've never been in a fight in your life. Never. You, you, you got a brother. I guess that's what you call him. He may be your brother. I don't know what he is. He's a human being. I'm going to keep it like that. A child of God. I don't think any Jesus in him either. But let me just say this. That's my belief. How in the world is it all these years you've been on this earth and you've, you haven't witnessed anybody getting into a scuffle with another individual? Did they use a gun? You've never seen anybody run from a fight? You've never run from a fight, Zimmerman? And Angie B. Yeah, I think that's a good day for her. Angie B. That's what her, Angela B. So we're just going to call her Angie B. I don't know what her last name is. That's her middle name. She didn't give anything. So we'll just say Angie B. Skinning and grinning. You know, you're not supposed to do this, I'm sure. As a prosecutor, let alone a special prosecutor, 
You're supposed to remove yourself. And these are just, this is just, you're just dealing with information on paper, I'm sure. You can't connect yourself to the person that you're, you know, performing this, this legal representation for. It ain't supposed to resonate with you and Trayvon. There's no connection between you and Trayvon. It's just information on paper. You didn't humanize that. You didn't put that like it was your son. You didn't fight for him like he was your son. That's what I'm pissed about. Do you think that those people that work for you, can you fire them? Because if you could fire them, you should fire them. Do you think they worked like that was their children? That's what I tell people. What would you do if it was your son? Do you think those people fought the best battle they possibly could like they were fighting for their kids? Hell no. Child, please. It ain't right. It ain't right. 17-year-old kid leaves and goes to the store to buy some Skittles, Maybe get a little drink. I don't care if he smoked some weed before he went to the store. I don't care if he was smoking weed then. That don't give you the right. Smoking weed does not give you the right to kill him. If he smoked some weed years ago, days before, hours before, minutes before. What that got to do with it? If he wrote something on his Facebook page, I don't care. He, he, what did he do at that time? To give you the right to take his life. And this is the person that did that? And one of the first things they do within the 24 hours is give that same person a gun back. I would think that after a period of time where you've done something like that, you need a time. There should be time where you should debrief. You know, you should just stop and think about, do you really even want a gun around you? How could you kill somebody and want a gun? I mean, would you be shaking? I mean, think about it. You know, if you saw somebody, I would be traumatized. You know, if I saw somebody that I just shot and killed, and would I want a gun right back in my hand? I, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be mistaken, it's just my opinion. I think when police officers have to shoot and kill somebody, I think they give them a little time off. Man, give him his gun back. What is he going to do with the gun? Kill somebody else? Perhaps maybe Angie B might be the prosecutor, special prosecutor on that one. I got something else I got to talk about too. Book deals. Now, what in the world is something is wrong with us? Something something's got to be wrong with this country. You go into a trial, somebody's been murdered, and within 48 hours, you got a book deal. You considering a book deal. I want to know who the hell is the company that approached them for the book deal. Because we need to boycott them. Everybody. Well, everybody ain't going to do it because, you know, there's some people out there that think that the right thing was done. All right. We're going to take this break. 
You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Trayvon Matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at youbet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, we're back with Mr. Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Trayvon Matters. You know, I just want to talk a little bit about the police. And listen, I'm going to go there. Yeah, I'm going to go there. All police ain't bad. Some of my best friends are police. Some of them, they retire, but they police. But I just want to say this. (laughs) I think the police could have did a better job. Ain't no doubt about they could have did a better job. Now, I ain't against all police. They do Police do racial profiling, too. I, I've been a victim. I know. I got a little bit of money from back in the day because I was racial profiled. How do I know? Because I got the money. My attorney won the case for me. I saw the fellas that they were looking for run past me. They kept running past me. But when the police came, oh, mm, black. Mm, maybe it's him. Let's get him. Get on your knees <clears throat> and pray. Okay, that sounds like that's worth a little bit of money. Got on my knees. I prayed too. Got my money. Racial profile. Okay, there's more to it, but I'm just, you know, I got to summarize that a little bit because I want to move on. If this dude head was banged up and all that type of stuff, Beat up in the back, you know, plummeted his head on the cement. 
Have you been near a crime scene before? On television? My man said this ain't television, but even on television, you know, I've seen some snap shows before. And I know one of them out there is real. Shout out to my boy. You know, who he wasn't guilty, but I, I know some people that's been involved in those kind of situations and they do some thorough investigations. You can't tell me if his head was bleeding, then was there no blood on the sidewalk? Maybe it was. But they said they plumbed his head on the cement, but they found him in the grass. How'd he get over there? How did Trayvon get from the cement where he was, you know, plumbing Zimmerman's head up against the cement to the grass when when he died? Again, this this, this special prosecutor, those people, can can we if we pay if they if they're special prosecutors working for the state of Florida, they could be fired. Fire them. They didn't do their job. <clears throat> Not only that, you know what? They didn't do their job. They getting paid. And they're going to have to pick up some illegal fees of Zimmerman's people, meaning the state. Prosecutors were terrible. You know, and she had the nerve to, 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 to thank the sheriff's department and, 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 you know, how they cooperated and, and gave them all the information and did a thorough job. A, Thorough job. Don't move. Hey, if you're black, don't move to Florida. Just don't do it. If you're there, leave the state. That just is. It, it, I really just can't. I, I, I'm just killing me. It, it, it just really is killing me. Let me talk about one other thing that really bothered me. I mean, it bothered me a lot. It still bothers me now. And, and, and I, just, I, I just can't let it go. If I could let it go, I would. But I can't. It appeared to me that, you know, from the very beginning, you know, everybody wanted to say this case wasn't about race. Why did why, why did why did why did particularly on the prosecutor's side? You know, why did they want to say this case has never been about race? Why? Why? It was. It was from the beginning. It was in the end. It was. It is what it is. See, we can't run from the truth. That's why I had to come and do this show today. It's okay when it when it's when it's black and white. It's okay. We're mature enough people that we can talk about it. Because you know what? We're gonna be honest about it. When it is, it is. When it ain't, it ain't. It is what it is. When I played particularly for the Philadelphia Eagles, I had a, a, a lot of <clears throat> guys that I played with that were from the South. And they used to say, you know what, man? The South ain't as bad as you think it is. Because those people in the South that don't like you, they don't hide it. They don't like you. They don't mess with you. They don't fool with you. 
Sometimes it's that kind of covert stuff that gets to you. It's a little sneaky things they do. Those things that they, they that don't like you because of the color of your skin. That bothers me. You know, one thing about a, as a former athlete and a member of a fraternity that I'm going to be until I die. And when I died, I'm going to still be a member of that fraternity. Is that, and I think that there's enough research out there that, you know, why don't you sit and talk to those kinds of people that you think are such dumb jocks? Because we find a way, as Rodney King said, to get along. We find a way that we don't care whatever it is. I don't care if he black or he white. If he got on a different color jersey than mine, I'm kicking his ass. We kicking his ass together. And you know what? We survive together. We coexist together. I don't think that's so dumb. I don't think that's so stupid. I think that's something you ought to spend some time with and find out how and why is it. And we come from very diverse backgrounds, may have some black people in our family that don't, have, don't like white, may have some white people in our family that don't like black, but yet still they can get out there and those people will kick your ass if you try to touch their teammate. Black or white will knock you out if you touch their teammate. So see, it can be done. It can be done. This, this, this process that we have to go through, it could be accomplished. There's got to be some healing going on here. I'm going to say the way that I believe. Y'all, everybody out there, y'all who haven't been to church in a while, you need some Jesus in you. This is, I'm serious about this. It's time for us to recognize that God created us all. He didn't just create some. He didn't create some to be better than others. There's no deficiencies in his opinion in any of us. I don't care how intelligent you are. I don't care how deficient you are in reading. God loves us all. He created us all equal. He didn't say even if you come into this world with a disability that you are created unequal. That you're somehow, you know, deficient in terms of what he feels about you. He loves us all. He did not give any of us the right to take the other one's life. God breathed life into all of us and he takes it out when he's ready. I don't care who you are or what you what you're doing in life. When he wants to take you, he'll take you. You talk, you listening to a man who's been struck by lightning twice. I know he wasn't ready for me to come home. If he wanted to take me, he could have taken me. When he puts his hand on you, he gets his, he gets your attention. It's time for us to realize that we don't have the right to take each other's life. Certainly not because one thinks different than you, looks different than you, believes something different than you believe in. Ain't no room for that. And if we have laws, you better look at those laws. You better address those laws and laws can be changed. You can amend them. Although man was put on this earth equal, there was a time when a black man was not in the laws of man. Was not equivalent to a whole man. Was not a whole person. That actually was a written law. A black man was not a 
human being, 100% identified as 100% man. Can you believe that? A black man used to be a fraction of a man. Laws can be changed. Stand your ground, whatever. Two people fighting each other. One feels that I got to kill this person to save my life. And he doesn't have a gun. He doesn't have a knife. All right, it's time for the show to end. It's time for this mess to end. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix. Trayvon Matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.